0: In the face of unprecedented hurricanes, it seems no one is defending the principles of limited government. Except me, the Monica Perez Show, starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. My regular time is Saturday, 3 to 6, but I move around for Georgia football. I'm on today, 2 to 3.30. And uh, after that, you'll have the UGA pregame show, the game, all right here on WSB. But that means that we have a jam-packed show, an hour and a half. I think we can fit a lot in today. And uh, I think I want to stick to basics. My, I am a hardcore libertarian. That sometimes leads me down a rabbit hole or two. But I always like to return to principles and uh, and apply them to what's happening during the week, the biggest stories of the week. And uh, the big story, of course, is Hurricane Irma and Trump signing hurricane relief tied to a debt ceiling increase. He made some waves because it looked like he was not—it seems that he did not consult the GOP. He made the deal with the Democrats. Uh, it passed. He signed it. And it was really viewed—the uh, The story, the drama was about— It being kind of a political faux pas on his part because he gives the Democrats a lot of power in December when the debt ceiling fight will reemerge. But what I noticed was not happening was that there was not uh, uh, any kind of philosophical or ideological problem with this uh, federal government providing disaster relief across regions. So from the GOP to the Democrats – from Fox to CNN and all the way up to President Trump, everybody seems to agree that federal emergency relief is an indisputed arena for the federal government and I object to that i was i when I was a kid, it seemed to me that. No that it was a, a totally democrat liberal thing, FEMA. It was created by Carter. It was notoriously corrupt and inefficient and uh, and my I have two big, big problems with it. One is just always the basic well, I guess three problems I think it 's not the venue of the federal government, which should be extremely limited. Second is it 's the redistribution of wealth, which is uh stealing, and i don 't want my money stolen. Texas, Texas is so rich, they don't have income tax, and the college is free. <laughs> Bernie Sanders would love it because it's an oil-rich place, and if you're going to harvest Gulf oil, you're going to endure Gulf weather. I don't want to transfer my money to them. I'm not profiting from living there. I don't want to do that, and I think it's redistribution of wealth, which violates my basic belief in limited government. But there's another factor involved, which is – when you use something like disaster relief, it's you, you transfer money from the people. The people are paying for it who have no control over the decisions, and the money is going to people who have the control over the decisions. That's really the opposite of what insurance is. If you have control over the outcome, you can't get insurance. Insurance is for uncontrollable risk. Uh, And if and once you insure people against things that are within their control, it creates a moral hazard. They can make bad decisions because they know that the consequences, the foreseeable consequences are mitigated a little bit. So that's that's the big problem for me with this kind of thing. Uh, Then there's another element to it that uh, that is not just the fact that this kind of transfer of wealth is stealing it. It impairs your liberty. So I was reading an article online about Beth R. She was written as Beth R. Like she was a criminal because she decided to stay in Florida. She did not obey the authorities and follow the instructions of law enforcement as we have been urged to do. Anything you hear the mainstream media, Trump put out a video. You could I could not turn on the cable news without hearing – You must, you must go. You must obey, 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 obey. (laughs) And if you don't, you're, uh, you're crazy. You deserve the consequences, but, but why, but what was happening with Beth R. I felt is that she was being shamed for making this dangerous decision for her family to stay behind. She was like, my kids are big. We moved here for the weather. This is part of the weather. And we have a house that is meant to withstand this and we're going to prepare. But we, we as Americans in theory have a right to tell Beth Ar what to do because we are going to pay for her mistake. So she cannot make her own decisions. She is no longer permitted because the consequences of her decisions affect us because we have to pay. Now, a big problem with that is that Beth has an understanding of what's going on on the ground she can evaluate what's the most efficient outcome and i personally was in the same situation really as beth i lived in houston during hurricane rita i had three kids in diapers and a brand new house that was with meant to withstand hurricane force winds and houston was 30 miles inland normally hurricanes break up by then uh the it's very hard to predict the path of hurricanes more than a day or two in advance. So people had panicked, evacuated. I was the only person I knew who did not evacuate. And I had made the decision that it was not better for my family to do so. Rita didn't even hit Houston. It didn't even rain. So no one died from the hurricane, but a hundred people died from the evacuation efforts, including a bus full of people being evacuated from a nursing home that caught on fire and everybody died. So, if you, you, people ran out of gas on the highways. The highways became parking lots. So, evacuating Houston actually clogged the highways for people in Galveston who really had to get out. The people who were down at the coast actually were blocked from escaping. The government decision did much more harm than good at that time. And I feel like they almost always are looking back and fighting the last hurricane. They evacuated for Rita because Katrina should have been evacuated and wasn't. They did not evacuate for Harvey because Rita should not have been evacuated and was. Now, Irma, they are evacuating because of Harvey. So will it? Will Irma be a, a nothing burger? Maybe, but if it is, I rest assured it's going to be used as a testament to how obeying authority resulted in... Uh, no major damage, regardless of whether it was the right decision or not. But my point is that you want to have the right in a free society, you want to have the right to make your own decisions. And once you start paying for other people's mistakes, you get to tell them what to do. I remember when Mayor Bloomberg said, we have a right to regulate sugary drinks for the good of your own health because now we're paying for your health under Obamacare. He actually said that. And that is, that is the problem. That is why when I hear people say they're left-leaning libertarians, you can't have that. You can't have a, a welfare state and um, you know, the freedom to use drugs if drugs kill you and then the state has to take care of that or hurt you. You, know, you can't, can't have liberty – and be insulated from the consequences of your actions. But these are hardcore libertarian principles. I would say American founding principles to the extent that it's about limited government, it's about uh, the federal government not being involved in every aspect of your local uh, life and government. But I feel like since the Ron Paul revolution kind of peaked five years ago, there's nobody left to defend these principles. And I wonder if anybody even remembers them. I'm never hearing... This uh, these these basic principles being talked about, all I hear about from Paul Ryan or Fox News is how Trump went about doing what they all wanted, which was sending billions of dollars to Texas. So let tell me, do you do you still should I give up on these principles of limited government? I don't think so. Uh, does anybody else notice this trend that the foundational principles of this country are not uh, being respected or touted even by leaders and media who purport to be on the right. What is your uh, reaction to this? Observations 404 872 750 1-800-WSB-TALK You could tweet at me at Monica Perez Show Binkley, I know uh, my producer Binkley's here. Hello Binkley, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm good. How about you?
0: Oh, I can't hear you. Your mic is down. So uh, try again. How about now? Yes.
1: Oh. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good.
0: So we've been having a very robust discussion on Twitter. If you don't, uh, if you don't, if you're not on Twitter, join just to talk to us like kind of personally. Binkley and I talk to probably respond to every tweet we get. We have a great little A community of uh, very pithy (laughs) exchanges of ideas, since Twitter's only 140 characters, a statement. But we do try to to answer everybody, and it's uh, super fun. I love to hear what people have to say. So tell me, do we have any uh, tweets that are kind of on point?
1: Yeah, we have a good one from Daniel. He tweets, at the end of the day, all government redistribution is backed by the threat of violence. If you don't swallow their propaganda, you're still SOL.
0: Yes, that's an interesting point. So I'm talking about how we are being propagandized by, by the media to accept this stuff. by and, and you can tell when it's propaganda when it's super emotional. When you see all these pictures, these stories, the individual anecdotes, they don't talk about the corruption and the waste in FEMA anymore. They don't talk about alternatives. They just want, I, I mean, Peggy Noonan. Wrote an incredibly cloying, emotional article. She was Reagan's speechwriter. She and she wrote an article for the Wall Street Journal, which is supposed to be on the right, saying this is no time to think. These people, it's t- really, it's time to emote and to give and to have the government give. It's crazy how uh, you're not getting anything. But what he's saying is, even if you don't fall for it, I'm not falling for it. He's not falling for it. That you're still, the emotions is just to keep the resistance at bay. And the bottom line is, you're going to have to give the money anyway, or they drag you off to jail at the point of a gun. So they want you to feel good about it, but if you don't, they're going to take the money anyway. So let's see what you all have to say about that. 404 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, calls after the break. I'll also take some tweets at Monica Perot Show.
2: Monica Perez on News 95.5 at a.m. 750 WSB.
0: It is a 10 on the Mellish Meter, 73 degrees outside the studio. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Forgot to mention in the last segment that uh, because my show is moving around, I thought I would take the opportunity to take a couple of um, excursions, so I'm not going to be here for the next couple of weeks, but I will, uh, if you sign up for my blog, com. that's what I do with Binkley, or my own com. I'll let you know when my next show is. It'll probably be the weekend of September 30th. But I I thought I would take this opportunity, this short show, only show for a while, to really drill down into the principles that... that Drive me, my political philosophy. I'm a hardcore libertarian. I've actually given up all hope on coercive monopoly government, so I'm a, technically an anarcho-capitalist. But I still, my goal is to kick the can down the road as long as possible, so my kids can still enjoy some of the freedoms uh, guaranteed to them by by the Bill of Rights, which is there. Really, if you look at the Bill of Rights, it's not your rights; it's your rights in the context of government power. So that's why you have to really defend the bill of rights because it restrains government and it's crystal clear in black and white. We can rally against that to the extent people claim that we have uh, a consented to government. We certainly haven't consented to anything other than that. I no longer consent to the government of this country because it violates the foundational principles that, that are laid out in those documents but they are there's no moral justification for violating that stuff and i think the ever growing federal government is kind of in itself a violation of our founding principles and i just am not hearing people talk about about our principles ron paul used to And and people liked it. People loved it. Like it made them I used to say it was like a warm blanket on a cold day listening to him. I remember when we would watch the presidential debates, my old mother would say FF to the Ron Paul parts, you know, Or, or there's my cutie. You know, he's an 80 year old man. He's her cutie. But that's but that I feel like I'm not. She loves Trump. She loves Trump, and he does not talk about those things. So I'm still puzzling through what's really going on at the top. But in the meanwhile, I want to defend the principles of limited government, and I want your help. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I am going to William in Atlanta. Hi, William. You're on with Monica.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, Can you hear me? Yes, I can. You know, you asked. I loved exactly what you just said. By the way, I thought that was very powerful. Um, you know, you asked earlier about yeah, seven, eight minutes ago whether or not you should keep up this fight. You think you should, but whether or not you should keep up this fight, and I, I cannot stress strongly enough: yes, for God's sakes, keep up this fight. Look, even even if you know for a fact that you're not going to win, that I. I Say, for instance, I'm not trying to be clever, but say, for instance, you're a slave, I don't know, you know, 1,500 years or 2,000 years ago in Rome. And you've got no chance of ever being free. None. Zero. You still have to believe. You still have to fight. You still have to know within yourself. You still have to be yourself. Now, I'm, I'm not a religious guy, uh, one way or the other. I don't care one way or the other. It's not that it matters that much we'll take, for the sake of argument, we'll take the uh, example of Christ. Now, let's say that he knew. He knew for a fact. Now, I'm not saying that he did or didn't. But he knew for a fact that what he was doing was a waste of time for 98% of the human race. That they were going to go to war, they were going to murder, genocide, the whole nine yards. He still fought. He still stood up. Gandhi was the same way. King was the same way. He's got to stand up for what you believe and what you just said after the break it took us four thousand years to write a bill of rights the first bill of rights in the history of mankind took us four thousand years Uh, well we can wait a little bit longer for it to get better I just wanted to tell you I, I thought that what you said was extremely powerful
0: that's awesome. William. I've got some uh, I've got quite a few comments on what what you said. One is I have said that before that I was on the thousand year plan, that it took uh, whatever more than 2000 years to get from Plato or the Greeks and the concept of democracy to Thomas Jefferson and the enlightenment experiment that is this country. So I agree with that. Uh, I I believe that. Uh, even when you said if Christ thought it didn't make any difference for ninety seven percent, I actually think it it it's it doesn't even matter about others that to that for me it's that personal nobility that if you are religious you see in you know the concept of Christ is within you. But just the fact that unless you actually think human beings are pure animals, just, you know, alimentary canals, like food in, (laughs) poop out. But you if you have any sense of nobility, what else is there? At the end of the day, as my mother says, you're born we're born to die. How do you want to do that? What do you want to do with your 80 years? And I agree that integrity, that personal nobility for me has more value than comfort, luxury. That kind of thing. But I also think it's a very interesting point about the slaves, the Greek slaves in Rome. So the Greeks were are considered, I think, a superior civilization, at least intellectually, to the Rome, which was considered like administrative superiority. The, the reason we have the expression liberal arts is that the slaves, the Greek slaves, they could be accountants and stuff, but they couldn't learn civics. They couldn't learn the liberal arts uh, uh, because – that, to the Romans, would pose a threat of rebellion. So isn't that interesting? That's what they're afraid of. That's The administrators are afraid of the ideas. And that is why the propaganda is so important. And that is why even what we're doing here, you know, you could even think it's BSing. What we're doing here actually is very powerful. So let's keep it going. 404 750 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show.
3: I ask everyone in the storm's path to be vigilant and to heed all recommendations from government officials and law enforcement.
2: Monica Perez, on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB.
0: I am your libertarian voice on WSB, normally Saturdays 3 to 6. Today I'm on 2 to 3.30, and we are going to jam a lot in. I've got an hour left, but we are focusing on principles, the principles of uh, social control of FEMA. If you start transferring wealth from one side of the country to the other, people on, on the other side of the country get to tell you what to do. So if you don't want to evacuate your home in Florida, there was a a headline Binkley sent me, I saw on Fox also, that said uh, that they were forcibly rounding up homeless people using an act that you can hold anyone for maybe homeless people or whatever for 72 hours to evaluate their mental state. These are people who are not afraid of the hurricane. They don't want to evacuate. They don't want to shelter. They probably, if you're living like that, you probably, the last place you want to be is jam-packed into the local high school with all these little children and stuff. I mean, if you have, if you think you have mental problems, that's the last place you're going to want to be. But they can force you to do things, especially if they're the ones who are going to have to pay to pick up the pieces. And But there's something else going on here that I feel the Irma, the the... Everything I've heard on the the mainstream media and from the politicians has been absolute panic. Everyone, do not remain calm. Panic. Get out to the point where they're running out of gas on the roads. That was a very dangerous situation in Rita in Houston in 2005. I was there. That was where all the problems came from, is that the roads were parking lots. So they are really pumping up the volume here, and I feel like there's plenty of evidence— I think uh, Binkley has some I'm going to ask him about where they take crises. they, They can create crises, but even so, even if they don't create the crisis, they take these crises and use them as opportunities to figure out how how the population reacts and how the first responders react and how the broader government structure reacts. So when you remember Boston Marathon bombing clearly that was an exercise in implementing martial law. There was, there's no doubt in my mind that they used that as a testing ground. So Binkley, you, uh, when we were talking about vigilant guard, can you, in just a sentence or two, say what, what that was and what their purpose was here in Georgia?
1: The vigilant guard is a part of They work with FEMA and the Georgia Department of Defense, and they basically stress test the resources of the state by creating a bunch of crisis scenarios and overstretching the resources so that they have to call in federal aid.
0: And you know what was funny about that is that it overlapped 100 percent with the I-85 bridge collapse Mm -hmm. and other traffic for the chemical spill, which was totally fishy looking. Yeah, it was strange. Yeah, there's a lot. There were a lot of things that happened the month that Vigilant Guard was here, stressing our system. What, those things also happened, but that's when we discovered you. You found the clips and the documentation that they, that they conduct operations like this on a regular basis to try to figure out and, and how how the how in particular that one I think was how local authorities interacted with federal authorities, and that's kind of dangerous, by the way. Because as we this is one of the dangers with so-called militarizing the police, standardizing police procedure, perhaps they can't federalize the police full stop. But if they if they create in the mind of the police and in the behaviors of the police that they look up and out for their community, for their direction, for their standards, rather than to the people they're there to protect, they they are in less of a position to help you. So there have been times when there've been uh, international pedophile scandals or political cover-ups where local people are attacked by federal politicians or whatever, and the local police have come to their defense. So you really want the locals to be under your control. That's why I don't like these getting it um, – making it easier for the locals, making the local authorities dependent on the federal authorities. I don't like it. To me, it's a its a grave threat to the Tenth Amendment that reserves many, if not most, all un, unidentified powers, reserves them to the states. I don't like it. Uh, and I feel like Irma has many of the earmarks of that kind of a thing. And also there are always operations in place. They've happened in foreign countries. I think Operation Camelot might've been one of them. People talk about Jade Helm, I think it was called here. That one I don't know about, but but the idea was, the stated purpose was to see how populations respond to crises and more important to authority. Do they give up their guns? Like in Katrina, there's a funny clip, I think, on Alex Jones that shows a bunch of guys looking around with at their empty hands saying, hey, we just got our guns taken away and we didn't even notice. You know, they came around and rounded up the guns. They actually did that for Irma in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Was it the the Virgin Islands? I think so. Maybe St. Thomas, where they said this is what the actual article Dean tweeted to us was It said they took away the guns because the local authorities didn't have enough guns. (laughs) So they wanted your gun. Isn't that? I mean, it's laughable that any government associated with the United States government doesn't have enough guns to fight a hurricane. Like, I just, you know, it defies belief. I understand maybe they wanted to prevent looting and they wanted people's guns because they didn't want. But it was just the silliest thing because they knew it was against the law to do that. And when do you want your guns? When you're afraid of looting. That's when you want to keep your guns, so there are all these principles at stake that this that they use crises and emotionalism to overcome, and also they use it to test out how to implement totalitarianism that makes me nervous so let's uh let's read some tweets I want to take some calls four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred wSB talk have any Tweets and I can do wide ranging. It doesn't have to be strictly on point. What uh, what you got? Let's do a few. I
1: have one from Dave. He says, "With freedom comes responsibility. Do people really want that?"
0: That's a very deep question for libertarians. It really comes to what is truly human nature. What do we want? What what are people capable of? I think they. I think it's the natural state. I think it brings out the best in you. I think I remember when my son, uh my youngest son is a little bit shy, was nervous about baseball or something. And what I used to say is he used to do bacon. Like he would literally gyrate on the floor. I'm not going. <laughs> so he so it was a problem. I didn't know what to do. A good friend of mine, her dad, had a lot of wisdom and he said, Kids get a sense of confidence, a sense of security. Not by you hugging them, but by them overcoming challenges. They feel security and empowerment by actually overcoming that. My father, in a more, I guess, trite way, said, There's no substitute for experience. But the reality is when that it brings out the best in you, if you get more. It's what we talked about earlier the nobility of man, your own spirit. It's, you cannot, to use psychobabble, you cannot self-actualize without pushing your limits. And I feel like people do want that responsibility. It took a lot of effort to use uh, government, media, propaganda, academics to beat it out of us, to create this this uh, nanny state, this cocoon environment. When you look back in the 50s, people resented being... You know, it's this idea of being a, a man. Like I don't, I don't want to sound sexist. I think women are as strong, if not stronger. But this, but in both regards, you would look back, and men would resent encroachments on their uh, you know, autonomy. You couldn't insult a guy or call him weak. He would resent that there was a sense of pride and sovereignty individuality that's why i think they don't that that the powers that be don't really like us to have farms or be mechanics they don't want the native population to have real skills because they if they had those skills they would understand they, are, they don't need all that help. They could step off the grid. So so this idea of creating dependency, I think, is a top-down thing is not human nature. I think people do want that. I think maybe they just don't know it anymore. I'm uh, going to take some calls. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Howard, you are on with Monica. How you doing, Howard?
4: Monica, how are you doing today?
0: Good. Talk to me.
4: Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who had worked at katrina we were talking about it about a month ago and uh he was a, he's a correctional officer and he was there working with all the people doing all kind of jobs and you know he mentioned uh seeing the red cross helicopter getting shot at by the thugs you know with the rifles. um he said there was all kinds of federal state and local authorities you know that were there working together and he said this other group showed up somewhere along the process. I think at that time they were kind of like uh, doing some of the jobs that they didn't really want to do. And uh, <laughs> it sounded like men in black. He said they had all these black Tahoes, uh, no markings, and they pretty much came in and everybody basically snapped to attention and they pretty much took control of everything.
0: Really? Does he know if it was like Homeland Security, which was a very new agency back then and FEMA is now a part of it? Did he Did he know what it was?
4: He said he wasn't sure. I'm sure it was some sort of a FEMA thing, but he was, uh, like I said, he was a correctional officer. They were working you know, with all these folks and coordinating real well, but he said there were so many people, but then there was just kind of like this one group uh, that came in and pretty much uh, took control of everything.
0: See, that, I, that makes me nervous. I don't want the outside authority, the one that I don't even know the name of, no transparency, no accountability. I don't want my local authorities, who I pay for, to protect me, kowtowing to those guys.
4: Yeah. And, so, and it was interesting, but, you know, uh, I, I do feel like Homeland Security, uh, which may have been a mistake after nine eleven, but when they get involved in meth bust in Gwinnett County, Monica, I don't really see any sense in them being involved in stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I think it it brings it all to the top. And when you talk about militarizing the police and stuff, if there's an issue where they want to take your guns away under some false guise because they don't – I mean, you can't deny that there is always that risk of tyranny and totalitarianism. They want to take your guns away. Your local cops aren't going to be able to accomplish that. It's going to take the army. you know. And that's why we have the posse comitatus. You're not supposed to be – they aren 't supposed to be able to turn that kind of might against the population,
4: yeah and, and, I, and I, yeah and i'm i'm not real sure I, I really don't think the Army with three hundred million guns in the u s monica i don 't think unless you do it in isolated situations the army's not going to be able to take anybody 's guns anyway, I mean, as far as a large group of folks
3: is going to go
0: yeah, I think that 's why they 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 always do it under these other guises and Boston and St Thomas and Katrina. They do it under other guises, and I also look at all the veterans who know how to use a gun, are coming home to their families. They're now part of the population. That's why I worry when they emphasize and overemphasize PTSD. I I feel for those guys, and they should have – they have earned the health care and pensions, you know, anything – they really have given their service and they should be compensated for that. But I worry that some of that stuff is turned against them as people who could be on our side. So they get their guns taken away because of mental health reasons. That's another reason I don't like those laws. Uh, so I feel like it's these crises, these emotional things keep us from thinking about the real dangers of pushing all this power up to the top, relinquishing power to the top. Thanks for the call, Howard. I'm going to go to Mark Mark, right after the break. Uh, 800-WSB-TALK if you want to get through at Monica Perez Show if you want to tweet.
2: Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.
0: 79 is the high today, 59 the low overnight. Listen throughout the weekend for updated IRMA forecasts and for how the evacuations of Florida are going to affect Atlanta. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air, and we are continuing our conversation really about first principles. So, what are you, I am particularly focused on how the hurricanes are clouding our thinking on redistributing wealth across regions, on government's uh, disaster relief, on how paying for each other lets us have a say in other people's decisions. And even there was one incident where the government, uh, a a local U.S. government, took away the guns of the people because uh, they thought that was necessary to prepare for the hurricane. I mean, they'll use any excuse and the people gave them up. So I'm going to you. I want to hear some, uh, not you, you. I'm going to you, Mark. I want to hear from you all. Uh, Mark in Oxford, you're on with Monica. Hi, Mark. Uh,
5: great. Thank you for having me. Uh, this was a great leadway into what I want to talk about. Um, there's so much focus on Irma, which, you know, I understand there should be. But at the same time, we can't lose track of what's going on in uh, Houston and, you know, the victims of Harvey. And I think we also need to keep in mind and keep questioning and seeing how FEMA is treating those victims there and keep an eye on them and not just take our our eye off the ball there and, uh, you know, really keep an eye and make sure that we're not being fed propaganda, once again, of just hyping this storm up. Granted, I know it's dangerous. I'm not downplaying that. But at the same time, remember Harvey. They're not talking about about it at all.
0: Well, and And what Trump signed... Trump signed a bill that included Harvey and Irma Relief, I mean, days before, really outside that 48-hour window where you really know the strength and direction of the hurricane. So Irma Relief has already been signed into law.
5: Yeah. So you're right. uh, I I got a question for you. Um, So what is your uh, point of view with the show, the way you've been taking it? uh, How is your feeling towards the elite or this idea of a new world order? that george hw bush talked about clinton obama george w bush you know oh yeah hey i
0: i have to take a break but i that's actually a question i was talking about is it clear now that trump is the successor in that line of deep state operatives i'll give you my opinion after the break thank you very much for the call 800 wsb talk or you can tweet at me at monica perez show
2: this is your last chance
0: This is Monica Perez, your Libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. My regular time is Saturday 3 to 6. During football, I move around. I'm on from 2 to 3.30 today. So I'm in the last half hour, the home stretch of my show, making way for UGA pregame and the game tonight right here on WSB. I uh, Because I only have a half an hour, I want to do... Rapid-fire phone calls. I've got uh, calls on hold. If you're on hold right now, I'm going to get to every one of you. I have a couple of open lines, 404 750 If you want to join in, I could probably get to you, too. But uh, I want to let you know I'm not actually going to be here the next two weeks. I will let you know when my next show is. It's probably going to be around uh, September 30th or October 1st. Check it out. Uh, if you sign up for PropagandaReportDaily.com or MonicaPerezShow.com, I'll be sure to let you know as soon as I know and we are talking about i really wanted to get back to first principles and i i feel like these hurricanes these disasters make people forget those first principles and you can get everything from wealth redistribution controlling other people's behavior them taking your guns when you are when you're scared when you're in that state of panic if you listen to the the Cable news, I mean, it's literally just everyone in Florida needs to panic, 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 panic. And it's so crazy because that is not, like in the day, responsible government, responsible media tried to get people not to panic. I remember that from Obama was the one who kind of started that. I felt like the Obama era was where they made things crazy worse instead of crazy better uh, and I see that happening now. So let's do a tweet and then we'll go to the calls. Spinkley.
1: All right. Franny tweets. Your mother says no way is Trump part of the new world order. He wants a strong America and is no politician.
0: That is my actual mother. Yes. Because that is my sister who is listening to the show with my mother who thinks, I think she thinks that I'm just sour grapes because I thought Hillary was going to win. I did not want Hillary to win. But, uh, but yes, mom, (laughs) uh, I know you still believe. I know you're still a true believer. This actually goes to the question I had before the break. Mark said, what do I think about the new world order? And I squeezed in there that I thought Donald Trump was actually part of the procession. Obama, Clinton, Bushes, that he doesn't side with the Democrats by accident, that they all kind of on Capitol Hill want the same thing more government bigger government maybe i don't know i feel like if you dig into trump's past with roy Cohn and uh and dr john trump you will find some way back deep state connections that'll make you scratch your head about how much of an outsider this guy really was my mother's probably fuming now sorry mom (laughs) (laughs) you started it (laughs) uh okay let's do some calls i am going to lane in atlanta lane you're on with monica
6: Hi, Monica. Um, you know, I think we should go back to Home Rule, You know, and that's right to, to where the authority of local government is to govern itself as opposed to the state being able to do that. And I think the only way for us to do that is to take this worry and some of this fear that, that people seem to have and, 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 and get back to civics. I mean, you know, the basic physics, in which you can find Google anything on that, and, and it'll just take you across the gamut, I mean, because we have to stop the government. We have allowed them to do this to, to us by, by, and they're still doing it today, by by removing statues, which, I, they put them in a the museum that's fine as long as I have some place to go to take and share with people, look what was, look what's this country overcame. Look what our state, in particular, went through. You know, the state of Georgia, and 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 they're just losing all of our history. You know, and I yes, I kind and of, and I, actually,
0: the problem with that. Sorry, to cut you off, line. The problem with that is that you've got to that we have these principles of civics. We have these principles of uh, good government, of personal responsibility, morals, values that have. Uh, some people think they were handed down by God. Uh, the rules of morals to reflect human nature you could also look at it as just having emerged over thousands of years of civilization but these principles these tried and true principles are not arbitrary they're not abstract they are the way that we make the most of our uh humanity of the nobility of man and it took a lot if you go back to the the history of education of modern education 100 years ago dewey went out of their way And I was saying even as far back as the Romans, making sure the Greeks didn't have liberal arts, you have to make sure people don't understand these sound principles if you're going to violate them left and right. It's the same thing with the principles of logical argument, of debate. You are going to... uh, if you, you, you need to make sure people don't understand them if you want to violate them through propaganda, through emotionalism. So I agree with you. We absolutely must go back to first principles, and these are, are well-established, and they're easy to discover, but uh, people don't even think – to question. That's why I feel like you could take down all of the statues. You could take down, uh, you could eliminate all political propaganda from public spaces. And if people want to know, then they have to go look for it. And at least you have a 50-50 chance they're going to actually seek out the narratives that, that make sense, that are based by evidence. In fact, thank you, Lane, for the call. I'm going to Randy in Athens. Randy, you're on with Monica.
7: Hey, Monica, I appreciate it. You know, in in the situations, each state, number one from the governor on down should and we all do have agencies that should be prepared for this what is the purpose of of our national guard is to help out the state everything should already have been prepared i believe that the government is only needs to step in when the resources are not available when the people are not available, and and as far as the evacuation, yeah, what's the right way, okay? It's going to hit the Keys. Do we say, okay, everybody from the Keys only leave right now? And then we stagger them up through there. Well, you can't do that. People can leave and go as they please. That's America.
0: Yeah, but, but what they actually do the right is they way. cause the like when I was at Rita, they told people in Houston to evacuate, even though they should not really. It, a lot of I didn't go because I knew that didn't make sense, and it kept the people from the lower areas, from the coast, from getting out. Sorry, Randy, go ahead. You finish your.
7: Part oh, it did. See, and, and to me, the worst thing that's ever happened. In, in America, to me, other than 9-11, was Katrina. And we shall not and should not, as citizens of each state, needs to step up and help one another during this and not count on anybody other than yourself and the people in and around you that is suffering with you. you got to help each other.
0: I agree, and I think that is the real reason that community is so important that you, that you know that your neighbor is preparing well. Then you can put pressure on them. Hey, we all know what it's like down here. This is what you have to do. And if you don't do it, don't expect us to help you and share our provisions because we're warning you. That's the kind of thing that happens. So if you say, well, only step in if they don't have provisions, all that kind of stuff, it only takes – one lesson for people to learn that stuff, and, and then it works. But something you said reminded me of a quote that it's taken me a long time to even give any attention to. Alexander Pope said, for forms of government, let fools contest. Whatever is best administered is best. And I am totally ideological. I'm a libertarian, liberty and justice for all. But in this technological world, we could probably have terrible, stupid, inefficient governments, socialist governments that still manage to... get the job done at the barest minimum if they were administered in good faith. But I don't think this stuff is administered in good faith. I think it's always administered to to centralize control at the top. And that's what I think is the fundamental flaw of what's going on here. And that's why I always end up being an anarcho-capitalist anyway, because I feel like uh, the – that kind of concentrated power will always lead to abuse for sure. Thank you for the call, Randy. I'm going to Ron in Greensboro. Hi, Ron. You're on with Monica.
3: Well, hi, Monica. Uh, I'm a libertarian and I love your show. Yay. Um, I wanted to tell you some big news came out regarding the future power of the federal government to control us. I don't know if you had seen it because I haven't listened to your show every day, but – China announced a few days ago, and also Russia, that they're going to begin paying for oil with the Middle East, with Chinese yuan, and the nations will be able to take it to China and exchange it for gold, thereby ending the petrodollar.
0: I did not see that, and that is the kind of thing I would say. I have to verify that. Are you absolutely uh, 100% positive?
3: If you uh, Google yuan slash oil slash gold. I mean, you're talking about
0: the end of the petrodollar, which would be much more cataclysmic than Harvey or Irma.
3: Right. That's why uh, it's probably only been in the news for about five or six days, but the mainstream media, of course, is not going to do that. I actually
0: saw a reference to Venezuela doing that. I saw that this morning. Right,
3: right. Yeah, this came out around the 1st of the 2nd, and uh, Putin made a speech just the other day, a public speech, and he said the same thing. So
7: the dollar, of course,
3: has dropped about – what twelve percent this year, and um, and I could see that uh, the gold market has changed. So I think the whole world has changed with the news that came out about what seven days ago.
0: That's really interesting. And what's so so I normally look at whatever the kind of presenting topic in the news of the week is. Irma, you know, and I think, right, what is right. this a distraction from? And I usually do. Pull back the curtain and find it, but that one—that one slipped past. Yes, me. Mars, I'm gonna you, you, you hit the it. word on
3: the head was distraction because between the hurricane and uh, what uh, everything Trump's else, faux pas. they don't—they don't want people to catch this news.
0: It's massive. It's massive news. I'm going to verify it over the break. But the but uh, changing of the guard—that was one thing. I, I always struggle with what's the true meaning of Trump. What and my mom. Uh, earlier said she thinks he is what you see is what you get. I respect her. I respect people who think that. Uh, but I think there's probably something else going on and a massive change in the worldwide monetary system. Uh, sometimes it takes a world war to get that done. That would be a truly uh, transformative. So let's check that out. I've still got time for another call. So hang on. This is Monica Perez.
2: Monica Perez on News 95.5 and a.m. 750 WSB.
0: Sunshine and clouds miss tomorrow, high of 75. But stay tuned for updates on Irma, the weather, and how it affects Atlanta. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I'm wrapping up the show because we're getting ready for the game, the pregame show UGA here on WSB. I will be off the air for a couple of weeks. I take this opportunity to take my uh, little excursions. I'm going to the Triple G Canelo fight next week, and then uh, further afield after that. I will let you know when I'm going to be on again. Check out my blogs, PropagandaReportDaily.com, com. If you sign up for it, I'll email you when I'm going to be on again. Uh, I am going to take one call. John, if you can talk quick, I'll give you one minute to have the last words. You you ready, John? You're on the air.
4: I'm ready. I think uh, the federal government needs to worry about balancing the budget and reducing our deficit and quit trying to rescue people who need to plan for their own uh, disasters when they come. We uh, don't have money. We're in debt, and we're trying to give money to people that we don't have. It's not the federal government's job. Their job is to protect our borders, which they're not doing a very good job of, and uh, take care of interstate commerce or kind of put a regulation on that. That's about as far as they need to go, and they're just uh, overstepping their bounds big time.
0: Thank you very much, John. That was a great last word because I had just noticed I had a big, bolded bullet point on my show notes that I did not get a chance to get to today, which is I said there should be a balanced balanced budget amendment full stop. That is funny. I had that right there just looking at it as you started talking because there part of this Harvey relief that Trump signed was uh, raising the debt ceiling, and Trump actually called for an end to the debt ceiling totally. Now, we have the richest society that ever existed in human history, if I am assessing that correctly, and there is absolutely no reason for us to have 20 – plus trillion dollars in debt, which is taxation without representation, because the people who are going to pay that back are not the people who have spent it. It's already been spent. So to me, there should be a balanced budget amendment. You want to plan for the future? Open a bank account like the rest of us. So uh, there you go. I agree with you, John. And... Binkley, maybe do we have a, a, a tweet to close? Should we tell people, Why don't we tell people, since we're going to be on and off the air, how they can get our show and our podcast and all that kind of stuff, how they can keep uh, in touch with our thoughts and continue this conversation?
1: They can go to PropagandaReportDaily.com and check back weekly and subscribe to the Propaganda Report podcast on iTunes by clicking the little apple on the right side of the homepage.
0: Okay, and I, if you want, we actually do continue this conversation on social media all week long. And they, I find the quickest way to get a response is through Twitter. So my Twitter handle is at Monica Perez Show. Tell them yours, Binkley.
1: Mine is at Freedom Act Radio.
0: So that's where uh, that's where you can get up to the minute. We, we are constantly tweeting really interesting thoughts, headlines, articles every day. But we also do our podcasts, which are uh, just us talking about getting a little more in depth on these subjects. We post the podcasts of those shows and also podcasts of these WSB shows, commercial free at propagandareportdaily.com dot com. So. Even when we're not on, check that out. Next time we're going to be on WSB, I'll push it out there for you. Stay in touch. This is Monica Perez.